listening to Free Talk Live with your host, Jeff Beck, on the Vanguard News Network. Welcome back, everybody. This is James Hawthorne sitting in for the not-too-well Jeff Beck tonight. If you want to join the conversation, you can Skype. Send a chat message first, VNM Free Talk Live. If you have a phone, you can still call in, 660-675-4388. On the program at the moment, we do have Alex Linder, editor of Vanguard News Network. Also, Craig Cobb, one of the co-hosts of the Great Goyfire program. Anyone else, or is that it? That's it, I think so we far. Got, we got, okay, three of us right now. I think Craig, what's the big news over in Estonia these days? Well, uh, for the time being, this uh, Soviet statue of the Soviet liberator uh, <clears throat> is, uh, I guess, not being moved. The, the president doesn't want to go along with what the, uh, what the uh, parliament wanted to do. So uh, that's a bit of an imbroglio. And then uh, the, the people here, I would say, are very much interested in uh, just enjoying life and making money after years and years of being op- occupied by uh, Judeo-Bolshevists uh, and, uh, and, and their uh, white toadies, just as the United States has Christian toadies in some cases who, who <laughs> believe in yeah. Israel. But anyway... Um, so, so they're quite, I don't know if hedonistic is the word, but a lot of people are really interested in uh, nice things. And Americans don't understand, uh, Alex, this is a really rich country. I mean, uh, you know, I'm driving around in Suzuki's, and, 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 and uh, <laughs> the people here have Audis. They're so close to Germany. They have beautiful German cars. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to have a four-wheel drive because of the weather, and that's the cheapest one I could. Uh, How do the prices there compare to here? I know the gas is a lot higher. Gas is there. a lot higher. Uh, and real estate is high. They, they call that the number one industry. I suppose, I mean, in the technical sense, it's an industry if you're building new buildings. Mm-hmm. When you're just uh, flipping over properties, I don't think it's much of an industry all in all. You know, it's just a speculative market. But uh, what, what prices could I tell you? If uh, the guys in construction I work with, sometimes they buy, I guess it's a liter of vodka, and that costs uh, 48 crowns, which is $4. Less than you know, four dollars. Mm-hmm. They tell me um, in Soviet times they used to be able to buy one for three and a half, uh, three and a half krones. And uh, the, the inflation here rate right now is, uh, or pardon me, um, yeah, it's eighteen percent, which is high, but it's not high when you have a super booming economy, which they have mm-hmm. here. Uh, hey, Craig, I'm getting a, I'm getting a Skype from some different people, and uh, one of them is asking me, what is a Bolshevist? Now, that may seem simple, but if people don't know what these uh, terms are. Well, in the, in the Soviet Union, uh, in 1917, there was a revolution, and uh, it was financed by American Jews. It was a, a violent, uh, long, long-standing fighting between the Tsar's uh, traditional white government, white people of, of a strong um, king or autocratic figure, which has been traditional in white societies, and the Jews, uh, through Germany and uh, other countries, they were allowed at that time to uh, live in and, and uh, agitate, and uh, they essentially just uh, 
went back and forth between various European countries uh, with money and assets from the United States and upset uh, the Tsar's government, and they were Bolshevists. There are uh, uh, different elements of them who, after they got power, even before they fought. Uh, but uh, that's what mm -hmm. happened. And uh, w with the uh, communist system of Karl Marx and uh, Engels, and uh, the, the, they essentially convinced white people around the world that there's a utopia that is not a utopia and utopia in Greek means no place and that's exactly what communism is but socialism now has managed to encroach its way in and if I'm not mistaken uh, didn't Hitler actually pick the term socialism because this thing had been making so much progress in Germany and keep in mind they'd already seen in the Ukraine that uh, the great program against white people by Laurenti Berry, in which 20 or 30 million people, it's not really known exactly, but around 20 to 30 million people died because uh, mm -hmm. the communists starved these white people in the Ukraine. And yeah. so many had seen that. Hitler and those people, they saw that happen. I mean, they knew that was happening, and so they knew this was a horrible, dangerous system that was trying to invade Germany. And and that's because after World War One, the, the same communists, the brothers of the same Jews who... The Jews created the, Rus uh, the Russian Revolution. It's called the Russian Revolution, but you've got to look at that like the Russian Mafia. It's Jews, but it's called Russian. Anything that's negative is never going to have a, be associated with Jews as long as they control the media. Otherwise, it would be called the Jewish Revolution, and they wanted to promote a world revolution, of the, uh, supposedly of the proletariat, to free them from capitalist tyranny, but basically all it did was get rid of the uh, native elite, the Aryan elite, the Tsar and his daughters leading Russia, replace them with these radical, nasty Jews. You think like Alan Dershowitz and, and similar scum essentially took over the Soviet Union and murdered all kinds of people long before Hitler. Long before Hitler. Hitler was still fighting in World War I. Hitler comes back from World War I and finds a Germany that's in, uh, in unrest because the brothers of those Jews in the Soviet Union are trying to communize Germany just as they did the USSR or just as they did Russia creating the USSR and they, they held successful, you know, you hear about Hitler's putsch that failed, but the Jews held a few successful putsches before they were suppressed and uh, treated uh, to justice at the hands of the, the German nationalists. You had, you had soldiers coming back from the war. It was a highly militarized society. So Hitler was trying to take some of the socialist idea and, and, and mix it with the national idea, and, and he drew, you know, draw people away from the commies, his main competition. And the, the Bolsheviks were the party that became the, <laughs> they're basically a revolutionary party that turned into the, the communist party that ran the USSR and, and created the worst society ever heard of on earth. Totally Jewish. Completely Jewish in the leadership. Completely Jewish in the ideology. Completely Jewish in the history. Completely Jewish in the theory. And these are the same people who are behind virtually every revolution you've ever heard of in the last 500 years. They're the people who are the red diaper babies in the U.S. That is, you had the Jews come over to the U.S. in the 1880 to 1900 period, and then you had them radicalizing in uh, the Lower East Side of New York, and they're in the garment industry, so you can put down the, the work and, and pick up the revolutionary placards and go out in the streets. Those, as Craig was saying, those revolutionary Jews funded by uh, Jewish millionaires and like Schiff and, and Loeb and Kuhn and all these people and Warburg. These, the Jewish finance money was fed, worked hand-in-hand hand with the revolutionary scum over in Russia to finance these professional revolutionaries in the Bolshevik party, Lenin and his gang, and Lenin's gang, and Lenin was part Jew, although that's usually hidden. 
they took over Russia and communized it using Jewish money. And today we have people like Al Gore, you know, a, a white who is married, his daughter is married into the Schiff family. The Schiff were some of the people that funded that horrible revolution. And and anyway, that's what the Bolsheviks are. And uh, <coughs> they they were uh, they had actually political correctness comes from the Bolsheviks, comes from Lenin, comes from Jewish ideology, and it's the idea that you don't allow any deviation of any degree from the party line, and everybody must get stomped into line if they get out of line, either killed. Or if, if it's a uh, initially, there's really no such thing as a small infraction. It's totally totalitarian. You have to agree on every every principle right down the line. It's it's the antithesis of the Aryan. Like each man comes to has his own opinion, and you, and you talk about it, and you decide on a way to go. It has nothing to do with that. It's a little vanguard of revolutionary Jews, vicious little murdering, lying thugs. They decide which way the party's going to go, and anybody who gets out of line with that, they they kill them. They smear them. They browbeat them. And uh, <clears throat> that's, that's the history of the Bolsheviks. And that same spirit is alive and well in the neocons today. And you'll even see innocent leftists who, some of them are innocent, others are just kind of dumb, who are opposed to our war, our attack on Iraq and Iran and, and Afghanistan. And they'll say that, oh, you know, Bush is acting like the Nazis. No. Bush didn't come up with the policies in the first place. It was come up with by Jews. And the proper parallel, the proper comparison or analogy is made to the Jews who founded the USSR. The neocons are Trotskyites, and Trotsky was one of the revolutionary theorists. And uh, <coughs> they're Jewish radicals. It doesn't matter whether they're commies, whether they're capitalists, whether they're conservatives, whether they're liberals. They are Jews. And they mean to upset and overthrow and mess up things in the name of progress, in the name of universalism, in the name of some generic cover where it's good for all humanity. No, it's only good for Jews. So I hope, I hope that answers that too. question. Yeah, his real name was Bronstein. And, and you know why we have to do, this may seem a little remedial what we're talking about, but we have to do it because it's not going to be done in schools for the same reasons we've indicated. The, the, the wrong people are running the country. They don't want you to know what's actually going on. They just want you to know what to call hate and what to support. You support gay rights and you're against homophobia. You support feminism and you're against, you know, uh, sexist. You support niggers and you're against racism. You support Jews and you're against anti-Semitism. See, it's, it's all set up in a series of, of, of opposites. And there's one that's good and angelic and there's one that's demonic. And whatever is reasonable, moderate, principle, that's demonic to them. So they come up with smear labels for it. And, and pro public debate proceeds on those terms because they're the ones who own all the papers and the, and the TV stations. And that's what we fight. We fight it in part by giving you the facts. Now, the facts are not enough, but they're somewhere to start when we're disseminating information. Uh, but, but ultimately, we need the power to do something about it. And with regards the, the um, yeah, with regards the, the Bolshevik Revolution, per se, there's a great little book that I encourage everyone to uh, buy and read. Is, it's called The Last Days of the Romanovs. I think you can get that from, I think, uh, Noontap Press in the United States. And the Ro who are the Romanovs? Explain that. we got to go. I I've learned from talking to people, we need to make this very simple in part. Mm -hmm. We can't assume knowledge that's not there. The Romanovs I know I, I more than anyone, have a tendency to, to speak because I was grounded in National Revolution before the Jews, or National, <laughs> what's what, Buckley's Magazine, where it used to be, you know, literary and historical, yeah. where now it's all policy stuff and and. I assume 
knowledge that isn't necessarily there. So what, what were the Romanovs? Well, Who were well, they? Well, the homo Jews run it now, right, Alex? <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's all the Jew neocons and their appeasers who run it. It's boring, yeah. which is perhaps the worst crime of all, well, the second worst. But what, who were the Romanovs? Well, quite simply, the Romanovs were the royal family of Russia um, prior to the, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Jewish Bolshevik Revolution, let me say. And what happened to that poor family, they were butchered by Trotsky and his, and his ilk. And, and Again, the Jewish gangsters who took over Russia. Jewish, Jewish gangsters. Yeah. yeah. We should say gangster butchered. Jews. <laughs> Absolutely butchered this family. and uh, But the whole preamble to the Romanov story is in this book, and I encourage uh, everyone to read it. I'm getting back to the uh, Estonia and, and also Latvia and Lithuania, what a lot of people don't realize, especially younger people uh, today, why the Estonians um, hold, hold in high esteem the German forces of the Reich and the reasons why the, 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 even to this day they hold high esteem to the German forces was because the German forces freed them from Judeo-Bolshevik uh, slavery mm-hmm. they were the freedom the German forces were the freedom fighters who freed Estonia Latvia and Lit- Lithuania from the Jewish Bolshevik yoke and that's why, to this day, and Craig can, he can back this up, when we posted the uh, Estonia memorial on our blog, because um, the the Baltic state peoples really, you know, they really, truly have a great feeling for the German people and the Jam- German. James, can I read? Let, let me read a little line on the on the Romanov just to finish up on that. The House of Romanov okay. was the second and last imperial dynasty of Russia. And here's an intro from 1760 to 1917, right when it was interrupted or destroyed forever mm-hmm. by the Jewish gangsters. From 1760 to 1917, Russia was ruled by a line of the House of Oldenburg, of which Prince Charles is a member. So the, the real meaning of this to you listening is that you've got people of your own descent who are heading these countries through the royal families who are intermarried to help breed a little bit of stability and, and trust in Europe. And the Jews come in and wreck this all by murdering a bunch of beautiful daughters in the royal family in Russia and, and then lying about it in their yeah. history books. Yeah, it was Jacob this is what Jews do. who banneted the, the, the Jews, or the um, Tsar's beautiful daughters. And uh, in this book, Which Way Western Man, by William Gailey Simpson, he talks about how white people had intermarried. Uh, when I say intermarried, I mean with you know, cousins and such, or, or second, third cousins. It, it was a common Aryan practice. And uh, this is what uh, the alliances were that Alex just mentioned in Germany. I don't even know if they teach that much in schools anymore, Alex, in high school. They probably don't. They probably slough that off. Oh, I don't think they teach any of that at all. The idea there is that you're, you know, you're cementing alliances like the, the, the different er- sections of Spain or the different nations of Europe are going to cement alliances by intermarrying among the royal families. And it just it, it, it creates kind of a class. And of course, to Jews, you know, any kind of classes obviously must be at war with other classes. Well, no, it's 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 a ruling class, or it's it's a class of dignitaries, and it, it, they could be good or bad, but that's just how it is. And they're not hostile to their own people the way the Jews are hostile to us in bringing in Mexicans who murder people, and and freeing African slaves 
who are incapable of living civilly among humans. You know, that's not what white rulers do to white people. So that's the important part to understand here. That's your takeaway, you know, as they say. <laughs> I but think it's a great thing. Uh, uh, do you know what? I think it's a great thing in, in slowly in, in what we're seeing is um, the, with the Second World War, um, with, again, you know, the white genius of the Internet, it, it, people can go and check all, check all these stories, what we say out, and you can, they can cross-reference what we say to say, are we telling the truth or are we lying? Well, we can tell everybody right now we're not lying. You can cross-reference everything we say. You can go on, on the World Wide Web and you can, you can check out everything we say. But what I'm noticing in uh, going through all these various forums and, and rereading stuff for all, all our programs that we do to try and push our media mm-hmm. forward is that I th- younger people are coming to the uh, conclusion that the second world war that the Germans were you know are, were, were the good guys the Germans were the good guys I'm reading that from younger people who you know who mm-hmm. were in their teens and they'd be there yeah, if, on the internet and, and James if you want to be radical young people listening uh, study up on the Nazis and be pro-Nazi because doing getting tattoos and sticking corks in your ear, I mean, that just makes you a moron. Learning yeah. the history of your people and where you fit into that, that glorious line, that's much better than getting some stupid tattoo or sticking a barbell in your head like a lot of these numbnuts do these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I can't encourage too strongly. You've got to do something that's substantial, not that, that insubstantial childish crap. You know, you want, to, you want to get a tribal tattoo, you know, you want to be a monkey, I mean... <laughs> Why don't you move to Papua New Guinea and, and get the real thing, you know, and start learning how to chuck a spear? It's ridiculous. Those people have nothing to emulate. In fact, they're not really people. No. It, I, I wonder why there aren't major media studies, major Ph.D. studies funded by institutions oh. in the United States and the U.K. as to uh, the deleterious effect of all this media on young people, all this TV uh, constantly telling them that, that, that uh, nigger is good. and uh, You know, that's a real simple concept. Uh, they could couch it in more uh, benign terms by saying, uh, is it really good for, for, for people to believe this? Well, you don't see anything put in terms of the interests of white children any more than the interests of white adults. It's an illegitimate category. But you, you who are listening to this need to know that it's very real and you have to defend your own. We need to get aggressive again. And that means withdrawing and fighting the system simultaneously. Withdraw your support from the system. That's not alone is not enough, but it's necessary. Don't pay for it. Don't pay for people to poison you and lie to you. You have to to some degree, you know, you have to, but a lot more than you would think until you look at it is involunt is voluntary. Don't volunteer. Don't put your money in their pocket. Keep it in your pocket. Money is freedom to a very large degree. Use your money to fight back. It's also power, and they recognize that there, there, there's a great admiration or awe of people who have tens of millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. because They, they, they figure, well, they have the money, they have the power, they must be uh, doing something right. You know, they must be uh, legitimate. Mm-hmm. All right, where were we? James, what oh, were you yeah. talking about? I want to go back to that thing that Craig was saying about the uh, Estonian. Um, if I can find it here, I have it on my on our blog here. Hang on, on the Estonia statue. 
I keep reading all these reports about not only Estonia but Latvia, Lithuania too. How you know how how the people there are just they are they want these Soviet statues gone. Uh, they really yeah. want these Soviet statues gone. And, and you know there was one which caused a real uh, ruckus because the Jews got involved. The Seven Reason Town Centre, ADL, or the rest of the Jewish lobby was the fact that. The Estonian people wanted to erect uh, a statue of an of a Waffen SS soldier. Mm-hmm. Jews, Jews didn't like that one, huh? So there actually was one statue here that uh, celebrated, uh, and and I think they they actually just forced them to move it, and that was really? where part of it started. That the Soviet statue got to stay in the downtown area, but not the uh, the the, the uh, pro-German statue, which I, some nationalists had erected. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the the people here, it's been the crossroads of all these countries. Peter the Great built the port here. And uh, it's been the crossroads of Denmark, Sweden, Germany, and Russia for, for that mm-hmm. hundreds of years. Hundreds and hundreds. So all those genetic DNA markers are here. And it's it's unlike in the United States in that respect. So the German aspect of these people, they're very reserved in a certain way and uh, not quick to be super friendly. Uh, I think in Germany it's like that, except perhaps in Bavaria. But uh, then there's the Russian aspect of their character, and they kind of deny that. And, uh, you know, if I point out, look, Russians were here hundreds of years ago, so probably there's Russian DNA. And, of course, even in the uh, in the Kremlin, wasn't it, they found uh, Viking artifacts in the uh, <laughs> in, uh, from hundreds of years ago buried in the basement. So... There was an element of Vikings that, that uh, went down in, into Russia, and I think it was originally founded by uh, Germanic tribes and Scythian uh, combination. But uh, I know this yeah, country. I yeah. Go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. Hey, I just wanted to say that I, I found an article I'm going to put in the uh, comment section of the blog on the Romanovs and uh, done by Mark Weber and Jews in the early history of the Soviet uh, Revolution. Yeah, they I haven't made that good. connection yet here in Estonia, which disturbs me. They don't get the some people have. Yeah, they, boy, if they have. They I think they would. They'll, they'll just say Russians are niggers, which kind of shocks me because you know I don't really think like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but uh, and if I point out how the, the the Jews essentially devised that whole system, and they did, of communism, they don't quite usually understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's the uh, story on it. It was reported by, by, by the BBC. Uh, Estonia split over World War II memorial. I'll just read briefly what the report says here. Estonia's president has refused to sign a controversial law that would pave the way for removing a Soviet war memorial. Uh, Thomas Henrik Eves said some sections of the law were unconstitutional. Earlier on Thursday, the Estonian parliament passed a law obliging the government to remove the monument within a month. The bronze soldier, as it's known, has become a symbol of, div- of divisions in Estonian society. Ethnic Russians are firmly against the plan to remove it. Most of the country's large Russian-speaking minority regard the statue as an anti-fascist symbol. But for many ethnic Estonians, it honors a regime which occupied the country for more than 50 years. Russians form about one-third of the Baltic Republic's population. Now, Independence Day is coming up very soon, and apparently uh, a skin told me that many, many, many Estonians will be marching there. And as he put it, he said, our behavior must be silver. He used the word silver. (laughs) And I said, okay. And uh, he said, but if the Russians attack, he said, we will respond. 
And yeah. It's not just the skins. I mean, this is this runs the gamut of Estonian society. There are a lot of people really upset about it. And I don't know about what the Constitution says about it, but I'll tell you this guy, Hendricks, he was not. Uh, he was born, I believe, in exile. His, his family was in exile at that time, when, or, or they, I think, fled the, fled the, uh, uh, Nazis. Uh, so he was not <coughs> exactly pro-Germanic. And then on top of that, he was educated in the United States, and uh, this country and uh, all these new republics are known to be very uh, uh, pro-USA, uh, which is uh, these days pro-Jogzog. Jewish mm-hmm. occupied government, pro-Zionist occupied government, and they, they want to go along. They want to have uh, what the West has. They, they, these are Western countries, first of all. For people who think they're yeah. not, I mean, they're... Look, the, the, the average kid here is so much smarter than the average kid in West Virginia, the last place I lived for about three years, and uh, so much smarter, and uh, the economy here is so much higher than West Virginia, it's not even funny. I mean, there's absolutely no comparison. <laughs> The major shopping centers, I mean, they look like something in uh, Honolulu. Major, major. They're selling all the perfumes, everything they have. This is a rich country. And it's because of the, uh, the genetic material here. It's because of the people's 50,000-year uh, heritage. Well, what's going to happen when uh, Estonia joins the European Union? They're going to have probably the uh, floodgates will be opened up for them and mass yeah. immigration. Exactly. Well, <laughs> what happened in Ireland? And that's why they have radio shows. And uh, you know, the, the, what are we going to do about all these niggers here? And mm. uh, there's also a lot of inflation apparently when that, or not inflation, but uh, immediate real estate speculation. And there's a lot of that already here. Uh, I mean, if people want to look up real estate, they can go to kv.ee. Pardon me, James. I, I just wanted to mention okay. kv.ee. And uh, you can read it in English. You can look at the real estate. I mean, over here, in the speaking of um, uh, independent countries, uh, independent will, uh, r- r- racial lines, uh, even it, the United Kingdom right now uh, is like a seething, um, what's the word, a seething sort of underlying r- racial... Um, Angst is going on between uh, the Scottish, the English, and the Welsh. Now, here we have three races who are white people, Aryan people, Anglo-Saxon people, Celtic people. Yeah, Scotland has said it wants independence from England. Uh, the Welsh want independence from England. England wants independence from Wales and Scotland. Because the, the English people say that they're sick to death of the whining Welsh and the whining Scots. Um, so the strains of even even the um, antagonisms amongst our own race are happening, you know. I don't know whether the breakup of the United... I wouldn't call them Marxist, I call them uh, a left-wing socialist uh, party... They're driving, they've become now the second largest party in Scotland and driving for independence from England and Wales and to break the union, you know? Well, white people are so beset by this cacophony of the multicult in the UK and the United States that I'm surprised they have much time to consider their conflict with other white people. But the cacophony of the multicult is uh, deafening and it just won't stop. And in the UK... 
you know, we sometimes wonder which is worse off, the United States or the UK, in, in terms of being uh, mind-washed and uh, Jewishly, Jewish politically correct. Uh, hey, here's, a, here's an example of uh, brainwashing that I just saw on Theseus's blog, which I linked to in Kirksville today, uh, and talking about the Mexicans. But he says, uh, and I believe this comes from the London Daily Mail. Um, I'm going to read this. It's, it's a good example of something that everybody thinks is true, but it uh, turns out it's not really true. It's just a lie, like, you know, women being beaten on Super Bowl Sunday. Drug rape myth exposed a study reveals binge drinking is to blame. Women who claim to be victims of date rape drugs such as rohypnol have in fact been rendered helpless by binge drinking, says a study by doctors. They found no evidence that any woman seeking help from emergency doctors because their drinks were allegedly spiked had actually been given these drugs. Around one in five tested positive for recreational drugs while two-thirds had been drinking heavily. The findings further erode the theory that there is widespread use of rohypnol and GHB, another drug said to be favored by predatory rapists. And uh, last month, a personal safety campaigner claimed that rohypnol had never been used to assist a sexual assault in the UK. Doctors carrying out the latest study said it was far more likely women were claiming their drinks had been spiked as an, quote, excuse for binge drinking. How about that? So that's the kind of thing you get when you've got a media basically controlled by Jews who want to divide the sexes and uh, put them at odds. And they just make up stuff. And they, they circulate claims that any reasonable person could tell are probably false. And <laughs> they ignore, they, they invent problems like Rohypnol and they cover up real problems like nigger rape and, and Mexi rape. Mex is raping human women and niggers raping human women. They don't talk about that. They talk about they make up crap like that about about drugs. It turns out not to be true. So, you know, congratulations to the paper for reporting it because Daily Mail is that that's a little more right wing, but that just means neocon in Britain, I believe. Or am I thinking a Telegraph? This is the Daily Mail. Maybe it's more left wing. In the United States, in the in the mid 1960s, let's say around 67, 68, 69. It was considered very fashionable by intellectuals, uh, a lot of them New York uh, Jews, uh, to write sympathetically about communism. They were still doing that at that very late date. Oh, hell, Craig, they still are writing sympathi- sympathetically about it here. Yeah, but they, they got a lot more traction in those days because neocons think they're not uh, communist sympathetic. They're absolutely sure of that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, in those days it was... Uh, <laughs> so, the so they had to kind of... They're the blood relatives of the communists. They're the, the same people, the same type, the same mentality, and the same manifestations. Disagree with us, and you're evil anti-Semite. Mm-hmm. And there should but be a death right, yeah. penalty against you. Yeah. And they As wanted, there was uh, in the Soviet Union. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we can't so allow these the Jews to uh, control our societies. It's at our own expense. They aren't here to benefit us, no matter what they say. So... It's a radical message. Craig, are you doing any traveling over there at all? I know you're working. I'm not. And I'm not. I'm working, yeah. I'm going to have to get out in a couple of hours while I'm up, but I'm going to have to go to work. About I'm so. glad you got on. I was going to ask if you'd, you haven't seen, uh, what is it, Latvia or Lithuania at all? I have. Uh, I, I actually walked uh, briefly inside Latvia, but my national identity card says uh, it's just like an Estonian where it has a chip in it. And yeah. uh, that may sound, you know, probably to Americans that sounds really bad. But uh, when societies come online, even Friedman wrote, wrote about this. And when they come online, not online, I mean, when they make, mm-hmm. uh, they institute technological developments at the level those developments currently occur. And that's what happened here. That's mm-hmm. why they're the most wired country in Europe. So I did walk inside Latvia, but uh, 
my I didn't have my passport that day. And, you know, you can drive the country. It's about, I don't know, it takes like two and a half hours from here to get to Latvia. What's it, well, you've talked about the attitude of Estonians to Russians and, and Jews. What's their attitude toward Lithuanians and Latvians? Um, it's fine towards Latvians, and uh, I haven't heard as much about Lithuanians, but uh, the Latvians commonly come across the border, and prices are even cheaper in Latvia, although Latvia is trying to get in the EU, too. So mm-hmm. people who live in that town, Volga, that, that town is literally, there are about three border crossings right at the town, and uh, mm-hmm. you can buy things cheaper there. And the Latvians come over and drink in the bars. I met Latvian uh, girls, and they're very beautiful, too. And, uh, uh, yeah. Are there lots of poles where you are? Are they em- emigrating no. over there as well? They are, there are a few. They work construction, and they, they're not thought highly of here in general. Yeah, uh, it was funny. The other day, one of my correspondents sent me a thing, and it had a page out of the Limerick Post over in Ireland, and, geez, there must have been 15 listings of poles looking for work. I know they're, they're all over Ireland. Yeah, yeah the, the British, I guess, are upset about it. I saw some by a lake here in Tallinn, uh, and uh, they were in their, their car, kind of a beater that they'd, uh, I guess, driven from Poland. They looked kind of like construction workers, too. But the construction workers here, get this, they're going to uh, Sweden and Finland. Some of the guys I work with have worked up there. In fact, last night I met a girl who was a, uh, kind of a headhunter for just simple construction guys. That's not really the right term, headhunter, but that's what she does. I mean, they're not intellectuals. But these guys in uh, Finland and uh, Sweden are paid 10 euros an hour. And you know that's uh-huh. a lot more than a lot of white guys. That's what I mean when I'm talking about the economic differences and these lies that that, that they put in the press that oh they're poor Baltic countries. You know they're not like us. They're not they're not happening. You know they're not powerful. They're they're not. Yeah. You know? It's exactly the opposite. This place is richer than I would say probably half of the places in the United that, States. That's interesting. So now West people think uh, you know the media portrays West Virginia as you know the deliverance meme. You go out in the country and, and there's at least two commercials currently running on TV that, that further that meme that you're going to get beaten up by evil white racist sister screwing hicks if you venture outside of the glorious <laughs> inner cities, you know, which, which is, of course, the, the opposite of the truth. The people you're going to meet in the country are going to be friendly, friendly, helpful, nice, humble, Christian, salt-of-the-earth type people is what you're going to find in rural America. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I a lot of times make fun of them and uh, in my own way, it doesn't mean that I'm hostile and want to destroy them the way the Jews do. The Jews hate them. And, and and but and and I guess <laughs> damn I'm long-winded. What I was going to say was West Virginia. It may be it's in the mountains. If you're in Europe, it's in the mountains and it's uh it's beautiful, and it is rural. But it's still right up against the eastern seaboard, so it's not far from these huge population centers. So it's a little bit surprising. It's not really all that backward and and poor, like you might think. But you're saying it's still way behind Estonia. In a lot of yeah, measures. and even, you know, I'm from Missouri, as you are, Alex, and even now most least, segments yeah. of Missouri, <laughs> uh, you know, save the top 10 or 15% of the people, you know, the mm-hmm. professional classes and the very successful business people, the average people here in Tallinn, now it's a little bit different, I'm told, in Narva, which borders on the uh, uh, Russian border, and that whole district is where there are many uh, Russians, and uh, I've been to Volga. Yeah, it's a, of course, this is a major city. It's the size of Kansas City here. It's about 450,000 people. So, but yeah, yeah, they're even wealthier than the average person in Missouri in terms of having nice things right now. They may not make quite as much money, but because they have uh, huge credit lines and yeah. because the society is booming, the United States is like a, a aging dowager. It's in trouble at every level, and, yeah, and Americans GDP's really not must everything. believe this. Uh, yeah, they have to get that. Uh, Aegis likes to call that cognitive dissonance, where they think, well, 
if everything's so good on my TV, Fox and CNN, why am I having trouble? Craig, but we are very rich in mulatto nigglets that spit like llamas. <laughs> spit like... <laughs> Stuff that you can't really include in the GDP. Well, it's, it's just yeah, like you it's, are it's rich a positive externality. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how they foist that off on people, that's... that's a, yeah, you've got to be God. sick in the head not to see that, like, a little a l- niggers and, and people who, who fawn over them. There's something wrong with them. <laughs> Look at them. They're nasty, ugly, stupid. Get rid of them. But when they're well, why, you, why is your natural instinct always wrong in, in 2007 America? They, no matter they, what they, you they, think, you're wrong. It's evil. You're bad. Why? Not li- I don't like shit. I don't want to get <laughs> shit in my shoe. I don't want to see or look at or come near a nigger. That's just natural. You know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Your natural instinct is not wrong. It's not misleading you. You know, it's no different from telling a ripe peach from a rotten peach with a worm in it. You know, oh, you're a, you, you hate peaches. You know, I mean, <laughs> dumb analogy, hate maybe. but worms, huh? That's what it's like. It's like stomping anybody who doesn't want to eat a rotten peach with a worm in it and telling them, you, you hate, you know, you hate this variety of peach. No, I don't hate peaches. It's rotten peach. I want something that's good. I mean, they're, they're fucking with a very basic sense of what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong. And, and browbeating you to accept their terms. We don't accept their terms. Hey, I, I got a couple questions here for you, Craig. Right. Coming in. Um, uh, question is, is Craig appear racially varied from the Estonian stock? Uh, no, last night, look, I was wearing last night, for example... Uh, a white uh, goose-down coat, very heavy stuff, and, and it says USA right on it. You know, I bought it. I bought it used, but it's brand new. But, uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but it's in small letters. Anyway, um, it's white with blue trim. And people, somebody met me and said they thought I was Estonian. And I do look German. People can see my picture. Mm-hmm. This German thing. Look, Americans. This has been bred out of us, Alex. We don't even understand, <laughs> like. <laughs> I can look at people and tell they're part German in many cases. And if you think that's presumptuous or stupid, no, it's not. I lived in Hawaii. I can look at them. I can look at. I can't always tell, but I can make educated guesses quite frequently of all mm-hmm. these Asiatic stocks in Hawaii. Because you, you, when you inherit, when you abode someplace for a great long while, well, Americans have aboded in the United States for a great long while, but they're so deracinated they can't recognize their own people, mm-hmm. their own genetic material. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's easy to. So you know, you know from Samoans, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I know Samoans <laughs> from Japanese. Ask you can Japanese always tell what's on the other end of that swinging pipe, huh? Yeah, that war club. I actually saw a guy hop over a car and swing one of those things in Waikiki many years ago. It was frightening. It was almost, it was like he's running the NFL line there or something. Well, people, crazy. you know that that expression "run amok." I believe yeah. that's like a, a melee expression, probably related to some of those Polynesians over there. The actual they just word lose it. They, yeah, yeah, they love it too. The Asian chimping out idea, you know? When Asians yeah. chimp out, they run amok. Look, they, I like crazy. hot food too. You know, let's bring their spices and have white people making their food. I love their hot food. Well, how we don't? Yeah, and we don't need you know we don't need uh, ethnic cooks to cook ethnic yeah, food or right. different food. It's just ingredients. Yeah, I think yeah, they're I mean, way back in the spice the spice route and the silk route. They they, they brought that stuff all over to Europe. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. Uh, let's see. Hold on. More questions for Craig. Uh, how's the language coming? Are you learning it? Uh, I guess Estonian oh. that would be. Uh, I know. Uh, he, he, here's one I'll speak. I can speak a 
Silon, Silon, you know, Sulon Ilusad Silmad, which means uh, you have beautiful eyes. Uh, I thought it meant you were too sexy for your castle. No. <laughs> but then the, 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 the next part is uh, Aga, uh, Aga, which means but. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I got bitch. <laughs> but. Salad Kum Nagamaru, which means but you're Ooh. cold like a snake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever made you learn that, Craig? I don't know. I think <laughs> with women, you know, they're kind of flighty. They they can be uh, obstreperous. <laughs> they can be obstreperous. Even truculent. Mean I don't love them. <laughs> obstreperous. Even truculent. <laughs> Sometimes downright bellicose. <laughs> so, what, whatever happens... Like uh, when I whip that on them, they like it. I have to say, they do like that. <laughs> they always get to laugh. You are cool. I usually use it when I first meet them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now... We uh we knew that you're we know that you're a star of stage and screen so to speak, uh, uh, and you're known by people in Estonia. Now those CNN clowns, I know they got in touch with you, and what's the what was the upshot on that? You know what uh, they had a, a guy and his name was uh, what was it? Uh, the names are so hard. Uh, Tumas, I, I can't remember that was his first or last name, but he called me up and he said in a TV production company and he knew Mikhail Karmas who did this show. And uh, so he said, the Moscow CNN wants to come in and interview me. And then when I got home from working construction, because I work 40 kilometers south, I saw that you had Skyped me with it. CNN was trying to get in touch with you. So I didn't contact your... With your, you, yeah. Yeah, but your uh, contact, because I figured, uh, well, I've already got it through this oh, okay. guy here. But um, okay. well, I don't know. They said they were coming over here. I, I know they're not coming just to interview me, but... I, I must tell you, look, you guys, I'm 55. I, I'm not really a leader in the movement or anything. I haven't written a big book like a, a, a Duke, and I'm not running the site like Alex, and I, I don't have Alex's skills. But I'm really well, you're glad you're doing to be stuff, able to so that makes you a leader. Well, <laughs> I'm I, I'm willing to quack, yeah. And I do lo- I do love the research part. I like finding these things out on the internet that anybody can find. In fact, that's why he just originally invited me on Goyfire. Yeah, I mean, but you're a reporter, yeah, you know, I do digging up information on crimes that are not known about that affect people just like you and me. Yeah, and uh, look at the information, you know. What are you going to do with it? But anyway, uh, at 55 years old, I feel really happy when a young guy comes up to me like yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yeah, you can call it ego. I just feel pleased because I thought this guy, he, he knows I'm an old man. So to him, he looks up at me. And all I'm doing is, you know, I've been around the planet long enough that I know how to... uh, make waves maybe a little better than he might, and, and I'm older, so people listen to him. You know, when you're a young man and you're 21 or 2, I remember it, and, and you're always wondering, hey, how come these old guys don't give me any respect, you know? You know? Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, the, I guess it's just the natural way of the world. They're waiting for you to make your mark, so of course there are exceptions, but uh, I wasn't one of them, and most guys aren't, so, you know, I'm old now, and I, I, I just please. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. The, because our message is getting through, and, and it really is. It's not just us. There's lots of blogs and websites all over the planet talking about it. And there's more radio time. shows, too, and I know of a couple that I know are inspired by uh, Goyfire. Good. I know for a fact, and that's great. And here's the thing. Like Napoleon said, careers open to talent. Nothing is more open than white nationalism to talent because nobody can do honest history and honest reporting in papers or academia because it's controlled and you have to follow the party line. It's just like an undeclared Soviet Union here. And, yeah, they don't quite have the full gulag, but they have some of it in place. And they they trump up charges and they set people up. They destroy anybody's career who dares speak against them, and that's undeniable. 
And we Alex. who are not afraid of, to be of the poison terms, uh, we can do whatever we want. Like Craig, we can do research. Say, hey, this is what's going on. I don't care who, who doesn't like what I'm saying. It's true. And we encourage other people to, to have that kind of attitude. You got Alex, really don't guy, have that much to lose. The, this guy, Eric Hunt, who just uh, grabbed uh, Ellie Weasel and, and drove him through the uh, dragon. The weasel grabber? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, you talk about an undeclared gulag. They've got this guy up on charges. I don't have him right here before me, but assault I saw a list. hate crime. I mean, it, uh, kidnapping, uh, stalking. Uh, it's the most the ridiculous thing in the world. Yeah. Now look, they don't do that. To, they didn't do that to Jared Taylor, the Canadians up there. They just escorted the people out of the hotel <laughs> and barely. That's did a that. great comparison. And, and yeah, I pointed out that's hilarious. Yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get white people up on these kind of charges in the future. When you go down to your local uh, bar and try to have a drink and you get in an argument with some uh, a loudmouth minority. Uh, you know, who, who's, who's slobbering all over a white woman, you come to try to defend her, that's going to be the next level. They'll put white people up on these charges. Well, that's what they were doing to Walker. They retroactively declared some kind of human rights violation because some Mexi shit couldn't get a drink. It's really no joke. And Dr. Pierce wrote about it, and this is how they touch ordinary uh, working people. And they've already touched you in the job market, and they've, they, they've touched you in what you can say or how you can respond to these people. Uh, yeah, they blackball people. That's what people listening to yeah. this who are who are on the fence or, or haven't heard much of this stuff. Jews have an extensive network that blackballs anybody who speaks against their party line, and they cover up how they nepotistically appoint themselves to all the high salary positions, and enforce that party line dogma on the rest of us against our interests. That's why it's urgent that every white man stand up and speak out against those who are oppressing him. That's why when you buy a paper, you can't get anything good in it. You can't get anything really interesting. You have to report or fight the reporter for the facts, as I've said a hundred thousand times, and it's true. You know, you you pick up a little adjective here, a little detail there, and 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 if you work at it, you can finally put together a little bit of a of a, of a sketch of what happened. But why can't they tell you straight out? We got another nigger on white rape. These nigger rapes are up this year. You know, that's pretty much all they do. And they're not doing that. They're murdering someone. They're selling drugs. They never put it plainly that people can understand it. And they won't say, how similar is this to what's going on in every African country either? Sure, they, 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 they do everything they can to destroy a contextual understanding of things that, that, that amounts to real valuable information where it's all... See, the world reality is connected. It's, it's all of a piece. You, you, the more you know, you see how it fits together and you gain an understanding of the broader world. That's the, the theory, at least, of media. That's what it can be when it's not... It's not constrained by the need to follow this insane, anti-real agenda. An agenda that is to basically to flip reality in its head. And, and show niggers as people with clipboards and responsible Cosby types when they aren't that. Very few of them are that. And that's why we exist. We wouldn't need to exist if the media were not controlled by hostile forces. But it is. They are. Media is a plural, it's not a singular, although usually used as a singular. I interject. Yeah, they still haven't picked up the Shannon Christian story. No major uh, network or the Associated Press is hiding the facts. And then there was the one we talked about, Alex, on Goyfire 48, which hasn't been uh, released yet, but there was one in uh, San Diego uh, about a week ago, 10 days, and uh, four niggers burst into these co-eds' house. They were young, 17 and 18, still going to San Diego State, I believe it was, San Diego mm -hmm. University, San Diego State. And uh, 
So, so, so they, they raped him every which way uh, to Sunday. And in one case, there, there was a white kid there, and they forced him to rape uh, one of the white girls. And then when he wasn't doing it right, the nigger stepped in to show him how. Where, where was the, what was the deal here? It's in San Diego. And this was a home invasion. These niggers are... God, just exactly like uh, Wichita, so they didn't kill him at the end, huh? Exactly. And uh, as you point out, this is Jewish pornography they're watching. I've been thinking about that over and over for the past few days. Because, uh, you know... I'm, oh, uh, there's, I, I there's stuff that's so vile, I, I have not even discussed it. Uh-huh. Like they'll they, they like they'll show. <coughs> I won't talk about it now. I'll talk about it some future time. Well, in a sane society, they could at least have uh, uh, niggers wouldn't be permitted to buy pornography. But I mean, you know, at the very least. But even that would be too radical. But anyway, and then get this. Here's an interesting part. After the, I think after they raped the first one, they had the second one upstairs on the wait, and all three of them rushed up there, three of the four, and got in a fight about who was going to rape her first. Yeah. Uh, niggers at a rape scene in a fight. I mean, uh, it's not funny. But what what, what could gallop. be niggerier than that? The only way you could make it any niggerier is if there's a, a big platter <laughs> of watermelon slices right next to wherever they were raping her. So so then they loaded up the big screen TV out in front of the house with all a plum. Uh, so that's kind of humorous. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do, white people, you couldn't write this fiction, you know. Yeah, their niggers are just animals. And we, we got some really uh, typical nigger gibberish come in over the transom for Goyfire from some supposed Ethiopian who I believe is in America. You know, oh, you... you Get the fuck you, out of America, you goddamn... Fuck. Yeah, you piece of shit. Your Dude. country's a complete failure <laughs> yeah. like the rest of Africa. Fucking smoke and, some Haley Selassie dope. And, you know, it's full of threats and illiterate and, and the same old whining, crying, bawling nigger stupidity. These people are pure... Rubbish, poison, whatever you want to call it, they are just detritus. Yeah. And stuff like, crimes like Craig talked about never talk, they never never reach outside San Diego. You only know it from white nationalist press. Otherwise, they tell reports. Uh, a few years ago, when the, uh, it wasn't even that long ago, it was you can't keep track of them. Anyway, these girls in North or South Dakota were raped, and the Somalis up there had some message board, and they were laughing about it on their message board. Yeah, and, uh, and these are what the the good Christians are letting into the country. They're hey, they are taking Ethiopian. money from the feds to bring them in, Ethiopians, yeah, Somalis, Sudanese, whatever you want yep. to call them. Yep. And we're we're look playing at newnation.org. Oh, Ethiopia. Yeah, New Nation has a lot at, of that news. Yeah, newnation.org, and then click the drop down menu and look at their nigger crime. We don't want to hear about it. Get the fuck out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they're they're happens. just trash. They're not people. We don't need them here. Complete scum. All they do is take white tax money. And waste it, just like that nigger I saw at Walmart today. You know the woman's fill the white woman fill it out, wick, for the uh, stupid, ugly, obese little nigglet who's spitting at her. I mean, my fucking god! Yeah, they give them unli- unlimited supplies of uh, fresh squeezed orange juice and milk. The the better to raise up your mud to come and attack you. you Got to get that mud up to breeding age to produce the next <laughs> get generation. Those bones. That's right, Got bones it. and muscles, so you can come and thump your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we are charged. We're we're essentially being, you know, we're being charged with our own genocide. Hey, put your genocide on the on the charge card, would you? <laughs> you know, you pay it off. <laughs> That's what we need—a genocide charge card. <laughs> yeah. We, should, we, we need to maybe Brutus to make one. <laughs> Every white man in America has a nigger eating a watermelon on his back. And it feels like a piano. And it's bad news and getting worse. 
and we're chronicling it in living history. It's all going to get worse when, when their population's growing, their political power's growing. And, with, of course, there's even more Mexicans here than niggers now. What is it, 40 to 35, something like that? And, yeah. James, you there? I'm still here. I just want to give a big, uh, a big kudos to White Mouth for White Land and his Detroit His Crap um, blog. I mean, yeah, that's really, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's an excellent blog, really, isn't it? It's a great blog, yeah. I mean, he came out, and, and this thing was, I mean, apart from all the usual TMB, uh, I mean, with all this TMB, after the while, I mean, even we become sort of sensitized to it, and we shouldn't be, we should be shocked and outraged mm-hmm. every TMB we see. Uh, but this one uh, attracted my attention on the blog where he basically proved anti-white media bias. Uh, mm-hmm. he, there was this story of this nigger uh, <coughs> a couple of weeks ago. Where he blogged about this woman who, who killed his son. Her name was Francina Catina Shepherd. And then he googled her name, found zero Google results on her crime. Yeah, this white um, lowlife... Who, who killed her two daughters, he found 247 Google News results on that story. Yeah. So, you know, proof is there even good. Well, obviously, because Google's Jewish, as we all know. Uh, Google's uh, hiding, hiding all, all the true facts about black crime, hush crimes. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. And Detroit, of course, is as black as a city in Africa. Yeah. And you see, you see the future of any area where blacks move in in any substantial numbers. And there's a growing lo- local network of blogs. And and I got a note from from uh, the person operating the Toledo blog today. Check that out. I'll put that on the front page later tonight. And uh, she's had a bunch of views since uh, we've been promoting her, and she's been writing lots of stuff. So the local blogs are are definitely working. And of course, you've got the new area in matters one as well. It may not be specifically yeah. local, but I'm sure you'll talk about stuff going on in England. Uh, yeah, sure. And, and yeah, this is a way to jujitsu the system and and use its power against it. Take their stories and put in what they're not telling you, or simply create the create the proper context for people to understand. Uh, the, you know, they pull it out and they extract it and they and they shred it. Well, you can explain exactly what's going on there in in, in real terms, and it's a very useful service. And if you if you do it regularly, you will get an audience. You won't even you realize guys, who's reading it. I, I think the people in the United States and the UK are in a real bad way. They cannot imagine, they can't visualize that the men cannot, what alternative there is to prosperity and uh, disorder as they perceive their current situation, relative prosperity. In other words, they don't know, or, or they're not willing to venture. Well, they, it, there's a lot of uh, straight-laced people have a lack of imagination, and they can't see how things could be otherwise. They can't easily imagine how they could be otherwise. Well, one of the U.S. presidents, I think FDR, said everything in politics happens for a reason. There's cause and effect. We are explaining the cause and effect to you. It's what a group of people wants the outcomes that you see around you. They are not inevitable. They are intended, and they are intended to benefit a very small group of people. And, and that group of people is the Jews and the, the white traitorous elite, the appeasers who support them. And they try to make it look like they have the only options. Well, how are their options working? Not very well. 
We offer a truly, genuinely different and valuable option. The only way worth going is a white nation. No Jews, no colors. That's what's in your interest, you who are listening to this. We're a normal white person. Thanks, Alex. Free talk live. I think I think Craig yeah, fell off on. here. Yeah, I think we just lost Craig for a while. Listen, this top of the hour, we're going to take a quick break. Um, if you, we, there's still an open spot here. If you want to uh, come in on Skype, FNM Free Talk Live, and join the conversation, you can call us at 660-675-4388. That's the phone number if you want to call in there. Um, please, if you're going to come on Skype, please send a chat message. Hi, this is James Hawthorne. When I want a quiet Jew-free night... I like to sit back and listen to Vanguard Radio. <laughs> 